All right. Welcome back to Perfectly Not Normal Podcast with Epi and Michaela. We are just two college students without much experience talking as if we have a lot of experience. But the podcast is not about us. We want this to be about others and what they're going through. So in every podcast, we invite interesting people with interesting stories. We let them tell their story and then we just go from there. The idea for this podcast came after a very interesting conversation. It all started with a dumb eye surgery that I had. Yeah. We want to let others have the platform to talk about their experiences, their thoughts, their ideas, their talents, and other crazy stuff. So yes, welcome to Perfectly Not Normal. Episode four. Episode four. Um, This week, we have a very special guest here in the studio with us. Um, We're going to let him introduce himself in just a little bit, but we wanted to touch on like these type of conversations about college. Since we are two college students and we keep doing that intro about being a college student and just not having a lot of wisdom and stuff, but I feel like college kind of gets the wrong idea sometimes because Mm -hmm. as a high schooler, at least for me, I was so excited to go to college. I'm like, I can't wait to leave high school and be all alone and not having my parents around and do whatever I want to do. <laughs> but then you get here and you're like, yeah, it's fine sometimes. But there are these moments of college where you're just like, nobody told me about this. Nobody told yeah. me that it was going to be this awful. And, you know, yeah. so I just wanted to talk about that. So, so this is the episode about the no one told me that. No one told me that. Yes. Yeah. We should start a series about that. I like it. That'd be cool. All right, so we're going to pass on the mic to our guest, and he's going to introduce himself. His name. His name. His seventh favorite book. Um, what he, he is studying. Read, what yeah. he's studying. And, and if he could transfer himself into anywhere right now, where would it be? All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so my name is Peyton. I am a junior in college. And I'm studying marketing management. My seventh favorite book, I'm not that big of a reader, but I would say, I don't remember the name of the book, but there was this book I found on tape that my family listened to one time. And it was really cool because this guy, it was the same guy, but he went by four different names and he was four different characters. So he's just like mega millionaire who basically did like, what a reality TV show, like a lost kind of thing. It's like, oh, figure nice. out who I am. You get my fortune. So it was super cool. But yeah, that's probably my seventh favorite book. Nice. I like that. And if you could be transferred anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? This very second? Yes. Like right now, so you are talking to that mic. Probably somewhere in northern Alaska, because if there was the northern lights or something going on, I'd feel like that'd be pretty cool. You're just like, bang, northern lights. Like, whoa, cool. Yeah. I like that. Thank you. All right. (laughs) So, yeah, he just introduced himself. And like I said, we're going to talk about college in general. So I asked Peyton to be in this episode because I kind of knew a little bit of what he has gone through based on what he's posted or what his friends have said. But I didn't even know the story. And I have my own story and Michaela has her own story. So I think we should just let it happen. And we're going to have Peyton talk to us about everything that he's experienced and just kind of concentrating on the things that no one ever told us we were going to deal with when we got to college. So let's start. All right. So the first thing that no one really explained to me about college was the importance of having a job. 
while you're in college. So going into freshman year, I worked all summer, had a pretty big savings account going. I had like three and a half thousand dollars in my savings account. I was like, all right, sick. I'm set for the year. I don't really have to work. I'm fine. The only problem with that is I have major FOMO. So if any every college student like, yep, me yep. like extremely. Yes. So like if anyone was even like, hey, we're going to Taco Bell. I'm like, I'm right there with you guys. Like, <laughs> Give me that Crunchwrap Supreme. So and eventually that stuff adds up and it's not good. And I was the type of person who since I had the finances, if someone asked me like, hey, I can't afford to go. I'd be like, it's fine. I got you. Let's go. So then I'm paying like 20 bucks at Taco Bell for something I probably should have paid like five bucks for just myself being being nice sucks sometimes (laughs) sometimes it really does so eventually over many many bad transactions and bad late night just hey let's go get food i only had a hundred dollars in my bank account after freshman year so if you're doing the math i spent three point four thousand dollars in six to nine months no oh no yeah, it was not a good time. You were really nice to people. Yeah, and myself. <laughs> um, So going into the summer after freshman year, I was like, oh, crap, I got to make a bunch of money so I can pay off next semester because the way it worked with my family was my parents helped me out with freshman year by covering what was left over from my um, student financial plan. So I was like, oh, no, I have to pay off all that myself next year. I put, like, every dime I made into paying off uh, sem- uh, first semester, sophomore year. And then I ended up getting a job. I worked for the sports information department on campus and I got a job in the main dining hall. And then I ended up getting another job working at a local high school in their kitchen. So that was rough. I didn't end up getting a third job at the high school till second semester. So it was just a very busy and interesting time. And whenever that was all taking place. Was this your freshman year? No, this was sophomore okay, year. Okay, now we're in sophomore Now we're into sophomore year, okay. yes. So I made a bunch of money, well, a decent amount of money over the summer between freshman and sophomore year, and I was able to pay off the first three months of my tuition for that semester, but there's four payments, and I'm pretty sure my payment was, like, close to $1,000 per time. And I had, like, maybe $600 in my bank account whenever... They were like, hey, if you don't pay, you're going to have to leave. But that's fast forwarding a little bit. So I was working a bunch, engineering major. Don't recommend working two jobs and being an engineering major. It's very hard. Um, but because I I really enjoy um, doing professional development, so I went to this really, really awesome job fair in Minneapolis and found out that I was more passionate about getting a sales job than I am an engineering job. So I came back and changed my major. The day I changed my major... Wait, what year were you when you changed your major? I was a sophomore still. So okay. this is first semester sophomore year. I mean, year. I'm just like, because it tells you you're too late. You know, the people like change their majors or like junior years and they have to stay back. And oh, I'm like, that would be my nightmare. Yeah, I definitely made sure. I was like, I need to make sure I can still graduate on time because I'm not about to pay for extra school. Mm -hmm. So I prayed about it and just thought about it for like three weeks or so. And then the final Calc 3 test before the final test came. And I had studied for this test for like 10 to 15 hours. Didn't understand anything on the test. 
you know the, you know how whenever you take a test there's the first person that always the first person to finish is either a really dumb person who doesn't know what they're doing <laughs> and is just like screw this I'm done sitting here struggling let's get it over with or an insanely smart person yeah, yeah. on that test I was the first example <laughs> oh, no. so I was like you know what I have every answer attempted I gave it my best shot turned it in walked right upstairs to the registrar and changed my major <laughs> so that was an interesting time and I eventually I initially changed it to international business because I love traveling and um, studying other cultures and learning about other places around the world but I have an uncle who works at a very large company doing consulting internationally and he was like you don't want to do that major because no company is gonna send you international right out of college they're gonna want you to get some experience beforehand so you need to get something that's going to be like in demand for a long time. So like marketing, accounting, finance, economics, something like that. And of those, marketing was the most interesting to me. So I changed my major again to marketing. So backtracking a little bit, I was realizing that I wasn't going to be able to pay off the semester. I was desperately saving as much money as I could, realizing it wasn't going to be enough and just not very hopeful about coming back. I actually did the entire transfer process besides being like, yes, I am transferring. Like it was very, very sketchy, very intimidating because it's like, man, there's this weird cliche about college where they're like, it feels like home. And where Sorry. I go to college really feels like home to me. It's like deep down, you know, you're still supposed to be there. But the best way I can say it is like, I've, didn't feel like it was time for me to leave yet. So because of that feeling, I started talking to different faculty members and got pointed to different people. And after going through eight meetings in three days, I eventually talked to the VP of the university and he was like, oh yeah, we got you this extra thousand dollars. You can stay. Or I hope this allows you to stay. And it did. I was able to pay off the rest of that semester and was able to pay off the next semester on time with still a little bit of money left in my bank account. So I wasn't struggle busting my way through that. So that was super, super good. Um, sophomore, second semester, sophomore year, I was working three jobs, taking 18 credits as an, as a business major and just doing a whole bunch of other stuff. I did a national competition for marketing and was the head researcher for that. Free time was few and far between, but it was amazing. That's one thing that um, I would say to someone who's about to go to college is if you're going to be busy, be busy with stuff that's applicable to your career or going to be developing you into a better person in the future. So working multiple jobs shapes your character a lot because it teaches you time management. It teaches you how to better interact with people because you're not going to have the same people at every job. Like at one of my jobs, I'm one of like 10 white people on campus and the rest is predominantly minorities. So that's the only work environment I've ever had where I was a minority in the work environment. So that's super cool to do because it's, you know, learning stuff. And then another job, I was the one at the high school. I was the, the only other guy who worked there was in his 50s. And all the rest were ladies old enough to be my mom or my grandma. So that was a lot of fun because you just go and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's so good to see you. How was your day? Like, it was hilarious. <laughs> That's cute. It was, it was also really weird because there was this one lady who kept trying to get me to 
hook up with her daughter. She was like, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> she was like, you know, my my daughter's a nursing major at the school across town. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, like, that's nice. Like, that's, I don't know if they're supposed to impress me or not, but <laughs> thanks. I don't know. So that's another thing. Um, I was able to work at the same place for two years in a row. So I worked at a day camp working with uh, low-income families and foster kids, providing childcare, obviously. And Same, kind of. Yeah, it's so much fun. I love, 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 love working with kids. And that's like one of my goals in the future is once I become successful enough in marketing to just work as a consultant, I would want to start a nonprofit that would provide after-school program for foster kids specifically in low-income families because just seeing how much of a disadvantage they're at because of those situations, like providing STEM courses and stuff that they're not going to be able to afford. Like there's no way a kid who's in the foster system or a kid who's in a low-income family is going to be able to have access to a computer that would have like Adobe film editing. And like if someone wanted to go into film and they needed access to that software, I could provide that to them and they could start learning and developing their trade because in high school, it's not really important about how well you do in like your general courses. But if you can take like some STEM classes or some classes where you're really enhancing your creativity and doing stuff that allows you to be unique in the future, because honestly, when someone's looking at your resume or looking for your job in the future, it's not how comparable are you to everyone else, it's what sets you apart. So the more you can learn that sets you apart, the better off you're going to be. And that's the same for college, mm -hmm. like not just high school. Yeah, not just high school. It's not like I need to get 18 credits, so I have, no, it's more like what classes are you taking mm -hmm. and what skills are you learning? Right. And that's what's really frustrating to me is I took three semesters of engineering school and only one of my engineering classes was able to transfer, and that's Calc 1. So I took all those classes, wasted a lot of money, on something I'm never going to be able to do. But at the same time, it also puts me in a unique situation because I'll be a marketing major who has experience with three semesters of engineering stuff. So if an engineering firm is looking for a marketing person to hire, but they want someone who's going to be able to learn quickly and understand the terminology behind engineering, I have that. Mm -hmm. So it sets like it allows me a unique advantage in certain situations. So yeah, going on to that, now we're in junior year. It's it's weird. Knowing I only have a semester and a half left till I'm in the workforce, or not a semester and a half, a year and a half till I'm in the workforce is very exciting and intimidating because in college you're extremely sheltered from certain things and certain situations that you have to do. Like, yes, I am paying for my tuition, but I'm not paying for like my electric, my water, all that different stuff that comes along with being an adult. So to think about that is very intimidating. But at the same time, it's kind of cool because you're like, I finally get to do it kind of thing. So it's a new challenge that you got to embrace. So now I'm an RA and it's a blast. Working with people and building communities, amazing. And just all the opportunities that come with that. And then, yeah, I'm also the project manager of a national marketing competition this year. So the one I worked on sophomore year, I'm now the project manager for that. So we're working on developing our campaign that we'll pitch to a panel of judges in the end of the year. Then I'm also working two jobs 
in the still for the sports information department and still in the main dining hall. So when free time comes along, which doesn't sound like it's often, what do you do? For free time, I really like hanging out with friends or I'll just take time to be by myself for a little bit. So I'll sit in my room, listen to music, watch a movie, or I'll, if I have free time, it'll be like walk around the hall, see who's got their door open, talk to the guys on the hall, hang out with some friends who live off campus, maybe go over to a friend's apartment and play video games or something. It all depends. So I also don't have a car. So that's another interesting thing. So I'm very- The struggle is real. It is honestly, one of the biggest struggles of college has been trying to find people to be willing to go places. Your parents lie when they're like, no, you don't need a car. Like you'll have plenty of friends with cars. I'm like, no, well, yeah, but no, it's not how it works. <laughs> so yeah, like how many times have you desperately needed to go to Walmart to get something, but no one's willing to give yeah. you a ride? Way too many to count. Like the other- Or like, and if I do have someone, they're like kind of far away. So I'm like, I feel bad texting them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I just really need some Coke right now, <laughs> which has happened. <laughs> I had to get some from the vending machine. So I, yeah, it's, it's difficult, but I don't know. It's something that you can survive. Like you can live without a car, but it's, it's really rough. And it kind of like, for me at least, I'm like very prideful in that way where I'm like, I hate asking people for help. I hate asking people for help. So I'm like, I don't want to text a friend to be like, Hey, can you like take me to the store so I can get milk and like something, or I need like deodorant or I need something that I need right now. You know, it's just embarrassing, and I don't want to ask for that. So I, like, kind of suck it up, and then I'm like, hey, if you're ever going to the store, let me know so that I could also tag along. Taking the roundabout way, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> wow, that sounds so rough. It's like, always ooh. you, like, the at one out. Like, Michaela, you have a car on campus. You can go anywhere, anytime. I remember you're like, yeah, I really need to work on this paper. I'm just going to drive out to Starbucks and just work on it, and I'm like... Okay, kind so, of like Michaela, how, yes. do you, how do you feel about, do you feel like people like uh, us who ask all the time people for a ride, are we a nuisance to you in some cases? Like, man, I really just don't want to drive you anywhere right now. Um, No, I don't say a nuisance. I would say, like, see, I would rather have it be like, let's go hang out and, like, yeah, I'll take you to the store. But, like, if it's, like, someone who I'm like, no, I don't really want to, like, hang out with you, like, that's awkward. <laughs> I can't. Okay, every time, <clears throat> every time I like. Hey, I always, no. I no. always tell you yes. I always say yes, but yes, I know I'll it's because you. of pity. Because I'm that's like, that's hey. true. <laughs> I'm like, hey, Michaela. So what are you doing? You're just like nothing. And I'm just like, oh, great. Do you want to like go out? And she's like, you want me to take you to the store, don't you? <laughs> and I'm just and like, I yeah. say yes because she has to. If she says no, she's a jerk. <laughs> I'll be a jerk if I want to be a jerk. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, point of that, it's hard to not have a car. Yep. I, but I say yes survive. not to just... What do you say? I say yes because I'm a good person. Not out of pity. Okay. <laughs> Has there ever been a person where you're like, all right, you're just asking too many times. I'm tired <laughs> of you asking. Yes, I'll take you. No, I don't think I've reached that point. No. Nope. There's not one so. person. Not yet. I guess I'm just too kind. Yeah, so like... Is there, a, is there a limit of being too kind? Like, should I stop? Well, Payne was being too kind by paying people for their Taco Bell, and he ended up going broke. So I think there is a line where you're like, I need to stop being nice 
and I need to be selfish and think about myself. I think Epi needs to take the hint. <laughs> Epi, you owe me a lot. <laughs> well, every time you give me rides, we're going to the same place. Conveniently. <laughs> you were like a tank of gas, a slushie, and a candy bar or something like Dude, that. Dude, I've taken to you I've taken you to the grocery store multiple times when like I literally like just went the other day and like don't need to go. All right, I'll pay you back. Whatever. I have money. See, we're resolving problems right now. Yes. Thank so you. thank you for being here, Peyton. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that we have gone through this. Anyway, so I want to kind of retouch the topic on working a lot. Because mm-hmm. the first thing you said was literally nobody told me that I'm going to have to have a job. Or like, it's not just going to be, I get to wake up as late as I want because I chose a late class. Go to class, have fun, get some lunch, hang out with friends, come back, do the same thing. You know, I kind of, I relate so much on the, you have to have a job because you can't, you can't have fun without money. Mm. Unfortunately, this is America, you know? So I also came into college with a lot of money from like gifts and working in the summer and my parents giving me money as well. They helped me out with college as well with scholarships, but I took out a lot of loans out of my name and they took out some under their name, but mainly out of mine. And like, <laughs> I have a lot though, you know? So I also, right there. I have like freshman year, I didn't have a job right away and I wanted one, but I was kind of, I don't know how you call it. I was kind of like, I have to have this job. Epi didn't want any job. She just wanted one specific yeah. job and she didn't have enough confidence. <laughs> what, what, how would I say this? She, I don't want to say you didn't have enough confidence, but what you didn't like go after the job. Like you would just like you didn't you didn't even it. even pursue it. Yeah. You didn't even apply. You just were like, <laughs> if I don't apply, like you like if you don't apply, you're not gonna get it. So, like if you had to apply, well, I didn't try. apply and I got it. You know, <laughs> so it worked. Here's the thing: I was yeah, I am guilty of wanting a job, needing a job, but I didn't want to apply. Instead, I'm like, I'm gonna wait it out. And I know I'm going to get that job because I know I'm like I can do it. And I know that they need people. And when I prove myself that I can do it, they're going to want me. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of selfish about like, I want to have a job, but I want this job only. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather do this job for a really long time than to do anything else. Like, I just really, really wanted this job. I work with the media services um, on campus. So every event that gets put on, I um, get to be on the team behind the scenes with the mics and music and sound and camera and directing and everything i did mics for a while and i always tear down after every concert anyway um so that was the job that i wanted and i never applied i honestly never applied but since my major is communications in the multimedia version of it i I had a lot of connections i talked to my advisor i'm just like hey so like i would love to like if there's any ever any job that requires camera skills or like leadership and that kind of stuff like you should let me know she was like oh yeah there is have you heard about media services and i'm like what media services i didn't even think about that she's like yeah let me give it a call she literally turned around and picked up the phone and called my um what do you call him our our boss our manager whatever you call him and she calls him she's like hey i have a student here that would love to like get to know media services and all that so she pretty much set me up and after that, the long story short, I have the job. I'm okay at it. He says I'm great at it. I stress out over everything. And I have this job. But apart from that, 
I also needed more jobs. And my mom was like, well, you need to get a job because you have to pay for your own phone. And I'm going to start having to pay for my own car. And I pay for tuition and everything. So I had to get another job. And fortunately, that was like at the end of second semester of freshman year when my mom was like, you either need a job or you're going to have to take out more loans. And that is going to kick my butt at the end when I graduate. So fortunately, I was able to use, again, my skills and kind of like, I don't know. Well, I ended up working at a radio station as a director because I proved myself that I could do it and I showed interest and I like came to the meetings and talked to the professor. And it wasn't just me. It was a team of people from that class who ended up getting accepted into this thing that they're doing. And they can go a long while with that. Like after you work with the group of people, they're going to be like, hey, would you like to get on air? Would you like to be in charge of producing this and that? And like, we're like proving ourselves. So it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of skills and everything. Right now, (laughs) (laughs) right now I have three, well, two jobs, media services, and I work for the radio station and I'm an RA. But that RA job, I don't consider it a job, even though I do get paid for it. I just kind of think of it like, oh, it's just an extra thing that I like to do because it's leadership. But it's a ministry. It's, it is a ministry. There it is. But this past summer really humbled me a lot because it, I needed a job, obviously. And the previous summer, I had like three jobs. I worked at my church and I had Plato's Closet that I was working with. And like I was a waitress slash cashier for another place. It was a lot of work and I hated it. But I was like, hey, I'm going to get to work for a camp, a day camp. Um, So I thought it was going to be fun and ended up being the best summer ever. I met the best people. I was in the greatest team, but it was a lot of work. Um, We, our day started at like 4.30 a.m. and didn't end until like 11. And it was always up, up, up. You go, say hi to these kids, hang out with kids ages from like five to middle schoolers. So you're always doing something and it's crazy. You're yelling all the time. You have to keep a positive face. You have to keep professional. You know, you have to go all out for this job and imagine just nine full weeks or 10 if you count the training week of just full on this is your schedule you have to be perfect at your schedule you have to time management yourself like you have to teach these kids about this and that show skills study what you're going to teach the next day um, keep a personal relationship with these kids get to know their parents get to know the team It just like it was a lot. And I was talking to one of my friends um, after camp was over and he was like, honestly, camp, the reason I do camp is not because it's a great job and you get paid a lot of money for suffering for nine weeks, but it really shapes you as a person. So like Peyton, like you said, having a lot of classes and having a job helps you keep a schedule going and it, it trains you to be a person who you know, has a schedule and is like on time and just kind of have that discipline. This past summer really taught me to discipline myself. I had to wake up really early and I had to know exactly when I have to go to bed or what I have to do in the morning so I don't feel like crap the next day. I know exactly how to like control how much I put out to these kids. Like, should I run that extra mile? Should I not? Should I do this or that? All of that just really taught me to know who I am and know my limits. And it helped me give it my all to the kids that I was with. Because if I'm feeling bad, I'm going to make my kids, like, not feel great because everybody else is going to have fun and I'm going to be so tired that I'm not going to be full on with my kids. And it's just going to be 
you know, it's kind of like a domino effect. And they're going to feel bad and they're going to go home to their parents and they're going to be like, what do you do? And they're like, nothing. So, yeah, this past summer, even though it was awful, I knew that I had to do it because I needed a job and it really tore me up. <laughs> like I have. Oh, my gosh. I can talk hours and hours about what this camp did to me. But the whole thing is just like, yeah, it taught me to be a good person with time management, with valuing people and valuing relationships, um, valuing people who aren't like me, especially with like kids who are not privileged and foster kids as well. Like we got to spend so much time with them and I learned a lot and it really like shapes you as a person and it shapes you in your spirit as well. I'm going to be religious right now, but like it really humbled you and it just, I don't know, you just feel like a completely different person. I remember going home and my parents are like, Effie, are you okay? Like, you're not you. And I'm just like, I really am not the same person from nine weeks ago. I am a completely different person. I got rid of all of my clothes and I'm like having a, like my brother and I have a better relationship and all because I got to spend time with kids and like really training myself, my spirit, my energy, everything towards something that I know is going to help me out. And that's just, yeah, that's something I learned. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so I really liked where we've went with this podcast. And at the beginning, we talked about um, the things you don't expect when you go to college. And so now we want to transition into talking about from going from high school to college and what you don't expect and like what transfers over from high school to college. Yeah. So, so where I live is extremely not diverse. Like I'm pretty sure if you were to look at the demographic for my area, it's like 98.7% Caucasian. It is horribly white. So, and horribly white. <laughs> horribly white. I also live very close to West Virginia. So just to give context, when I was in high school, I was um, in a very small high school, 21 people in my graduating class, and everyone decided to click up in middle school, and I didn't realize it. So I was the kid all through high school who, if all your friends were gone that day or if everyone else was busy, you just talked to me because I was pretty much on good terms with everybody, but I wasn't close with anybody if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that like pushed me into like a shell basically. And I was like, well, if I act differently than what they expect me to act, they're going to treat me differently, which I wasn't that big of a fan of. So I'm also a pastor's kid. So I got pushed into that shell as well. All of us are pastors. Oh my kids. gosh, we're all PKs. This PK is so club. Okay. So you guys understand where it's like, if people know your PKs, they're like, well, you can't do that. You're a PK. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And like, it gets worse when your dad then becomes the Bible teacher at your high school. Oh. And then everyone knows. Yeah. yeah. So Sorry, that was a moment. The thing for... There was various things that have happened to me as far as that situation as being pushed into, like, a cookie-cutter situation for being a pastor's kid. So even I thought, you know, going from high school to college... There's not going to be any clicks. I'll be able to be friends with everybody. It's going to be great. And I was wrong. There's most definitely clicks within college, even to like down to what major you are or even to like we have whenever you come to our college, you're put into these groups at the beginning of freshman year. And it's some people like stay within those groups or there's people who 
they will only talk to the people who live in their freshman dorm floor and they will not venture outside that floor because they're so like dependent on that core group of people or there's the roommates that you don't ever see them without yes. their roommate <laughs> yep there's there's so many different situations where clickiness and all that stuff goes hand in hand and then i don't know if this is the same case for all colleges but it seems to be the case at well it is the case at our school there's a lot of initial dating pressure for incoming freshmen so we call it freshman mating season it's a very unique yearly tradition that freshmen don't even know they're participating in so for me i i guess i kind of got caught up in it so i had a really bad relationship in high school and i did not want to date another girl until i i wanted the next girl i did to be the girl i married so i prayed about it for like a year and a half like god let the next girl i date be the girl i marry so that was how my mentality was when I was here freshman year and lo and behold I started dating this girl and it went really bad like don't want to get into all the details for privacy reasons but just it went really really bad I was devastated because I was just like god why are you doing this to me I've literally been praying for this thing to happen for the past year and a half and it didn't happen why totally distraught but it like brought if I had to go back I would do it again because it brought so much good into my life and like changed me for the better that like it's something that is irreversible at this point like there's no way in like any chance I'm gonna try to go back to the person I was before that situation happened so that being said that's my like freshman year trying to force a relationship when you probably shouldn't force one and then I guess other relationship expectations that people have going into high school that or going into college sorry that I've heard of is like oh I'm going to find this amazing friend group and it's going to stay together for the entirety of college and no one's going to leave and no it's unrealistic people transfer all the time in and out of school there's so much that goes on and changes I think I hang out with two people from freshman year that I hung out with regularly like just because schedules change, you try to schedule your schedules all the same for classes and stuff so you can at least try to eat lunch together or take a couple classes together, but it just doesn't happen, and people get upset about it, and I was talking to my dad about this one time, and he said, don't be upset when your friend group drastically and radically changes every semester because that's what's going to happen. So to piggyback off my relationship story, Afterwards, because me and this girl had spent so much time together, our two friend groups initially started spending a bunch of time together as like a reaction of that. So we all got super close. And then the two of us broke up and I was like, well, this girl doesn't really have a bunch of other friends outside of this friend group. So I'm just going to dissociate myself from that group and start hanging out with other people. So where I went and started hanging out with other people and was it was actually super cool how it started. So what, it was just one day me and my best friend and a couple guys that I knew and this one girl that I met at the beginning of the year who was we were, at that point we were basically like brother and sister. It was really cool. We all just went and hung out for an entire day and then like went and got dinner that night and we were just hanging out and we decided to just do it 
hang out all the time. So that was second semester freshman year. We were hanging out an insane amount. And it was so much fun because that was like the closest friend group I've had. And we <laughs> we made a group chat that, of course, as every group does on Snapchat. And we made rules on how to get into the group chat so you can get invited to things. And it was like you had to you had to attend three events everyone in the group had to get a chance to meet you so they could decide whether or not they liked you and like some various other rules if you had a crush on that person they weren't allowed in the group because we weren't allowed to have any form of drama in that aspect <laughs> that's amazing so, <laughs> that's like my camp <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it was that was uh, it was such a good time because all of us just <laughs> wanted to be friends and no one was like interested in anybody or any for any reason it was just like a bunch of guys and girls just hanging out to hang out and it was great and then people started dating <laughs> and it ruined everything uh, oh no it, uh, but at the same time a bunch of good and bad has happened because of that friend group and that's another situation where i guess i kind of created a click which oh well <laughs> it's fine it worked out that was a really unique situation that involved friendships and also just the drastic change you can have in friendships from year to year. And even like, I'm sure Epi can relate to this as being an RA, you don't really get the chance to hang out with people outside of your floor or like outside of your RA team or even just cause you're so wrapped up in that and you're just like wanting to pour into those people. Yeah. In my freshman year, I had a group of friends from band, and I remember, oh my gosh, a lot of things went down with that friend group. We were all friends, and then all of a sudden something happened, and then we were all, like, weird about it. Either way, like, I loved this friend group, and I hung out with them all the time. They were kind of like those people that you have to have hang- you have to hang out with them, or else you're, you need someone to eat lunch with, you know? You go to that people. Mm-hmm. You go to those people. Either way, like, I'm an RA now, and, yeah, it's true. If they're not in your floor, you don't really see them that often because even if you have free time and they have free time, somebody on your floor wants to hang out or you have to have, like, a one-on-one with them or you have your RA team as well, like, hey, you guys want to get dinner, that type of stuff. Um, So, yeah, I'm a big, like, I hate ERs, exclusive relationships, what we call them at, at our camp because it really impacts a lot of people around you and I have been impacted a lot with my last year friend group and I don't want to do that same thing to other people so I like highly hate ERs in that type of thing but I kind of feel guilty because as an RA you kind of are in an ER you know you're like well I'm an RA and like I'm hanging out with my friends if you're not an RA it's kind of awkward because then you don't know what we're talking about because all of our conversations have to do with being an RA and things that happen, you know? Michaela has something to say. <laughs> so I, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm talking with two RAs here. Um, not that they're clicky or anything, but I came from a high school that was full of clicks. And, like, you really just only associated with your, like, four or five friends. And then if... Like, anyone else in the hallway, you just, like, look down and you just don't talk to people. Because, like, it is only clicks. Like, every lunch period, you sit with the same people. There is no way you can, like, sit and talk to other people. And my goal in 
college, when I was coming over, like transferring to college, I was like, this is not what I want. Like, I want to be as far from this as possible. And so my goal was like, okay, like I'm going to just make a lot of friends and like hang out with different people and as much do that as much as possible. Well, my freshman year, my first semester, I didn't really do that. And I had one group of friends, but like I was still happy. Like I was like, oh, this is great. Like I love these people. These are great. And then my second semester, I realized I was like, I didn't do what I wanted to do. I I need to go make friends with more people and like not be a click because I became a click again. And that was exactly what I didn't want to do. So now I'm in my sophomore year first semester and I'm able, I know so many more people because I put myself out there and I specifically was like, okay, like I want to be friends with you. Like, Hey, you're in my class. Like I want to know you when I come to class and I get to know you and then I can get out of class and like be friends with people that are not in my major and like be friends with people that do different things than me and be friends with my roommate's friends. And because you're able to meet so many more people and know so many more people and like who they are. And it's just like a good experience. And I really like that because like being in high school and only seeing clicks is just like, it was just the worst, you know? And a funny story to go along with like just knowing a bunch of people. So Freshman year between me, a friend of mine, and another friend, between the three of us, we estimated that we knew around two-thirds of the campus between the three of us. So walking from place to place with just the three of us was so funny because it was like, hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? We were just saying hey to everyone, and it was so much fun. And even like <laughs> later on, I was uh, hanging out with a friend one time, and we were walking from class to lunch, and the walk from our main administrative building to the dining hall is three, 400 yard walk probably. And right out of the building, one of our friends, <laughs> the guy I was with was like, he said, Hey, to like three people or something, something around that number. Look at that Peyton. I'm so popular. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, just you watch. And I was like, keep a tally for me. And I said hi to 47 people. From oh my god! In a four hundred yard distance, and he was like, "Why do you have to do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> like you did me so dirty there." <laughs> See, the thing was in like high school, it I like wasn't really popular at all, and I like which like popularity in my school was like a thing, like like, and I hate that. I think that's dumb, but like I was also very shy, and I was like didn't want to talk to anyone. I was the person in like the front of the class who like doesn't speak <laughs> and I came to college and I realized I was like I can like leave my shell and I can like be a normal human being what mm-hmm. which it's perfectly fine to not be normal uh, name of our podcast um <laughs> little plug there um but like I can go and like talk to other people and like it's fun and I did that same thing with one of my friends and we like he like kept saying hi to people and I'm like stop like this is annoying like and it was like only because he was like in a choir and he like knew all the choir kids and they all happened to be there and I was like no I'm gonna go say hi to people and like every face that I was like oh I think that person's familiar like I think they live like on the floor below me like I'm gonna say (laughs) hi (laughs) so that's what I did for me in high school yeah there was like the popular kids and then like the non-popular kids but I wouldn't say it was like very clicky It'd be like, well, we're all just students. We're all just chill. Who cares, you know? So, like, I was kind of like that floater that I was a theater kid because I was in the 
in the musical. So I knew everybody in theater. We were all like, we're a big family, you know, annoying theater kids. I was also in marching band, so I knew all of the marching band people and all the football players. So we're like, hey, we're like we all know each other. We're chill. I was in the honors program, so like all the national honor kids, you know, like the preppy kids. So I was in that group too. So like I kind of knew a little bit of everyone, but I never really like said I'm with this group or I'm with that group. I just kind of float around a lot. Um, the big group that I would say was very like ERE was like the minority group. We had this union where like all minority students are getting together. We like make differences. Like we put on posters about equality, you know, that type of thing. Shout out to MSU. So going into college my freshman year, I didn't really like have a clique. And I'm like, I'm okay. Like I'm not used to having a clique at all. I'm like, whatever. But I did see several cliques around. Like obviously like the choir kids. You can tell like all the choir kids are friends with the choir kids. Um, band students, no other band students. I would say if you work with some people, like you hang out with them or the people around in your floor. I was never really close to my floor my freshman year. Like I never went to any floor dinners or events because I was always either working or had late classes since I'm an art minor and everything. Everything just happens at night. So I never really got to know a lot of people and it was just very awkward sometimes. But now this year... I have like several jobs and so I have like, oh, they're my radio station friends. <laughs> <laughs> or like they're my other work friends or like, oh, those are the people from my class or like, oh, that's just my RA team or oh, those are just, just people from my floor. And now I have a lot of people going, hey, Epi, hey. And I'm just like, whoa, this is weird. Like, hi or like, hey, I think you're downstairs or, you know, <laughs> especially people who are in like not your floor, but like. In the, building. in the building that say hi and they know you're the RA so they're like hey Epi and I'm just like hey so I'm like this is weird but it's also weird that now that our podcast is out we've we, we're at two episodes right now I got out. recognized guys I got recognized the other day from my podcast all of a sudden people come up to you and they're like hey I listen to your podcast know, and I'm like I'm excuse like- me why though <laughs> It's so weird, guys. We're famous. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, but, yeah, I'm not in a clique or anything, but, like, it's weird now. Like, we're chill. You know, like, we try to get out of the clique and just kind of be friends with everyone and be nice to everyone, but it's weird. I find it weird because I'm not used to it. So you became the RA that never went to floor events and then became the RA who has to do all the floor events. <laughs> One of my team members she was my RA last year and I just asked her I'm like hey do you think it's weird that we're on the same RA team but you were my RA last year she was like no not at all like I don't know if she was being honest or if she was just trying to be nice or anything or she didn't want to hurt me or like say anything else but I'm like like I never like not once did I go to floor dinner last year not once they had events and not gonna lie my floor last year wasn't the hottest floor. We were just kind of like the boring floor that never did anything. Sorry, no offense to anyone. But like nothing ever happened. So I didn't go to any events. I didn't, I just, no. And I had my own group of friends. And also like my freshman year, I got thrown into the, I wouldn't say advanced classes, but classes with upperclassmen. So all of my friends from my major are about to graduate or already graduated. So I'm like, oh no, now I have to say hi to my class because they're going to be in my documentary class or now I have to work with these people because they're in my class. And I'm like, I've never met them. And I just find it weird because I have to, like, readjust and I have to, like, re-meet people. And it's kind of like I'm literally, like, my first year of college because this is my first time actually hanging out with my class. It is really cool, though. Like, again, for me, 
transferring or changing my major to go from the engineering school, which is on one side of campus, <laughs> to the business school, which is on the opposite side of campus. And then I was taking all freshman level classes. So I was a sophomore taking freshman level classes. And now I'm a junior and I still have some gen eds that have to be taken. So right now I'm taking a Western Civ class and I think there's like maybe, there's probably like 50, 60 kids in that class. And I think there's maybe 10 to 15 juniors and sophomores. So the rest are all freshmen. It's just like, you guys are yeah, all so young weird. and little. Like, like even I, it's if- It's like, I, not to say I'm like a mature, wise, old college student, but it's just like, man, two years ago I was in your shoes? What? <laughs> it's so, I, I sound mean when I say this, but even this year, when I have a class with people my like on in my grade, in the sophomore class, I like look at them, I'm like, you and I are in the same class, but I'm like, you're like a baby. Because I'm so used to working with people who are ju- seniors right now. That doesn't sound like a problem. It really is, because I don't know anyone in my class. <laughs> Sounds like an opportunity. Yeah, wow, exactly. okay. Called out. That's actually really wise, okay. <laughs> All right, this has been fun. It has been. Yeah, I went. So I learned a lot about you. Like before you came into the studio, I really didn't know you. So this was good. Yeah, for sure. I am so glad we did this, and I feel like we covered a lot. We went from, um, let's see, coming to college. We went to finances. We did jobs. We did what else? Being PKs. Being pastor kids. Okay, look out for another episode on just being pastor kids. That's a whole story in and of itself. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. So yeah, that was um, episode four of Perfectly Not Normal. Just talking about the different things about college that we didn't really learn about. And no one ever told us that we had to do this or that. We're learning the lessons as we continue through college and we still have a lot to learn. You know, hopefully if anyone who is in high school right now listening or is thinking about college or anything. You learn something. You learn something. Just be humble, you know, be open to everything. Don't rely on everything you heard or everything you expect because you see it on TV or anything. It's different for everyone. It's very different. So, well, we're glad you listened and bye for now. Yeah. Bye for now.